welcome to the show. This is Chris to Chris Comedy Advice to Fix Your Life. I am your host, Chris, joined in the studio today by my producer, audio engineer, best friend in the whole wide world. Mike is in the building. Say hi, Michael. Hey, what's up? That is probably your most enthusiastic hey, what's up yet. And you said a lot of hey, what's ups. In fact, this is episode 44, like I said. And I don't think episode 44 is nothing to sneeze at in podcast years. I think podcast years are kind of like dog years. Uh, for every every human year, there's probably 7 to 10 of them, you know? I think 44 episodes is a lot longer than most podcasts go. You know, people say, I'm going to start a podcast. And then they say, I'm going to quit a podcast. Not us, though. We're going until the wheels fall off. We are going to die with this baby. And then we're going to possibly be reincarnated with this baby. Don't forget that you guys can subscribe to this show, Chris to Chris, on pretty much anywhere podcasts are sold for free. We're on iTunes, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Podcast Republic, etc., etc., etc. Also, on uploaded.com, that website I am paying for hosting every single year for, you can download the episode to your phone, to your tablet, to your toaster, whatever you can possibly download it to. You can download it, you can stream it. We like to stay in the future. We like to stay hip and relevant. That is us. I hope you tell somebody about it. Anyway, we got a great show for y'all today. We are talking about Trump and racism, as well as uh, giving out some potluck tips, some very important potluck tips, I would say. And uh, we're also going to be chatting about the possibility of PlayStation 4 prices increasing, not decreasing, no price drops. We're going the other way this time. We also got some exciting Twilight news and a lot, a lot, a lot of fantastic listener questions. It's going to be a very fun show, so stick with us, if you will. Let's get into it. Mike, 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 I've got some uh, good news for you, buddy. You're a big Trump supporter, right? No, no. Well, Trump has been getting kind of a lot of flack lately. I don't know if you heard about this, but people have been calling him a racist. They didn't like that uh, he told those American women to go back to those godforsaken hellholes they came from. He said, go back to your country of origin. It was America, but he didn't know that to his credit. He didn't know that they came from America when he told them to go back. They also didn't like when uh, he was talking about immigrants coming to this country. Immigrants from Haiti and African countries. And he said, why are we having all these people from shithole countries come here? You know? People thought that was kind of racist. He also said that, you know, uh, instead, of, instead of instead of these shithole people, we should have uh, people uh, from countries like Norway come to America instead. So, you know, I could see how people might get confused. Is Trump racist? Is he not racist? Uh, these kind of comments might confuse you. But the good news that I was uh, talking about just a second ago was that Trump has cleared the air. Okay, Mike, it turns out that Trump is not racist after all. Good news, right? He's been he's been uh, getting into it with this uh, black congressman from uh, Maryland lately, uh, Mr. Elijah Cummings. They've been going back and forth in the press. So the press asked Trump the other day. They asked him about uh, Mr. Cummings, and here's what Trump said: "I am the least racist person there is anywhere in the world. When con men, who I've known all, you know almost all my business life, because I had to deal with them unfortunately in New York, but I got along with them, Al Sharpton." Well, there you have it, folks. Not only is Trump not a racist, he said that he is the least racist person there is anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. 
all of the people, all seven plus billion people in the world. And Donald Trump is the least racist amongst any of them. That is not something you would expect a child to say. That is something you could only expect from the authority of the president of the United States. He goes on to say, you know, that he's, he's friends with con men, but that's beside the point, right? Trump said he is the least racist person in the world. And I think that's an incredible claim. So this week, we are going to figure out, once and for all, if Trump is actually the least racist person on earth. But first, we're going to give you a little bit of a thing we like to call the tip of the week. So, speaking of weeks, last week at my job, my place of employment, we had a potluck. Mike, have you ever been to a potluck? No, what's a potluck? You don't know what a potluck is? No, explain it to me in detail, please. Oh, I, I see what you're doing. You're, you're being an asshole. Okay, so for those that don't know, a potluck is a place where, or is a party where everybody brings food, right? I think we're all up to speed here. So years ago, I worked at a college bookstore. It was not a good job by any stretch of the imagination. I got paid a shit 50 an hour to practically break my back in the shipping and receiving department every single working day. Okay, they needed me a lot. They had by the time I had left that place, there was only myself and one other person. I and I was the most reliable person, still getting paid shit 50 an hour. Anyway, every now and then at this bookstore, they would throw a potluck. Birthdays, holidays, retirements, etc. Any any possible reason they could uh pull out the old uh, whiteboard to sign up for the potluck, they would bring it out, right? So, anytime that potluck board came out i would pick something easy to bring to the potluck see mike there is a science to potlucks now you could be really good at cooking a, something or a dish that everybody really likes but if you do a good job at it people are going to ask you to make that dish every single time a freaking potluck occurs they're 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 going to remember that you made that delicious dish. They're going to even ask you to bring that food over to the potluck if you're not even working that day. I don't know if you've ever worked at a job where your days off can be sporadic. If you are a millennial like myself, that is probably old hat to you. So if you've ever worked at a job where like, oh yeah, I'm off on Thursday. I got to work on Saturday. If you've ever worked at that kind of job, you, you might be off on the potluck day. But if you were that person that brought that dish that people liked, they're going to ask you to come in anyway. Hey, 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 I know it's your day off, but could you spend the night before your day off cooking and then bring in that food on the day you're off and then come back to work the next day? That's your life after you have been that potluck person. Now, I've been to uh, uh, many potlucks where someone will say that they were up all night, literally up all night, making like lasagna or cookies or a cake for their coworkers that honestly aren't going to be super appreciative about it in the first place. And I don't know, maybe, you know, if that sparks your joy, if, if that's your Marie Kondo, is that her name? Marie Kondo? Marie Spark Joy? If that sparks your joy, staying up to 3 a.m. making brownies or something, awesome. Go for it. Do you. Fold your clothes exactly how you want to fold them. But on the other side of the coin, you could be that jackass that 
just shows up to every potluck just to grub on somebody else's food, never contributing a damn thing. Just a leech, right? Nobody likes that guy. So I choose to walk the line at potlucks, you know? I, 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 I have to walk the line. See, I volunteer to bring something, but I never volunteer to cook something. That's my secret. See, I'll bring chips, cups, drinks, cookies from a store, that sort of thing. You know, you get credit for bringing something, right? That gets you through the door. You get credit for bringing something, but when you bring something that somebody else made, you're not on the hook to spend like $40 on ingredients and spend all night cooking. Anyway, like I said, we used to have uh, potlucks at this bookstore I worked at, and there was this older guy. Well, you know, I won't use his real name. We'll, we'll call him Rudy. He worked in the, the computer section of that store. That's where we would sell lots of expensive Apple products. We would get new iPads in every single day, and we would charge 900 plus bucks at the time. I don't know what an iPad is going for these days, but we believe me, we were selling these suckers at full price. Anyway, Rudy, much like myself, did not like cooking for potlucks either. And one time, I remember Rudy signing up to bring the drinks for the potluck. And... Like many potlucks, the main attraction for this potluck was going to be pizza. The management said that they would buy the pizza because everybody likes pizza. So, you know, you bring uh, cookies, you bring cups, you bring plates, you bring uh, snacks, whatever. Management's buying the pizza. So I signed up to bring the cups or something. And uh, one woman, like, brought gumbo. There was somebody that brought cookies. You get the idea. People brought other things besides pizza. So... I'm slumming it in the, the shipping and receiving department, as I usually do. And then I get the call, you know, you Chris, Chris, boy, boy, we have, we have potluck food. We have potluck food. Put down your heavy boxes. And so I put down my heavy boxes. I wiped my brow and I ran over to the food. Grab myself a couple slices of pizza. You know the drop. Grab my food. I, I, I pour a cup of uh, soda from one of the bottles that Rudy brought. Mike, Mike, do you know what Big Red is? Uh, no, no. Mike, Big Red, listen closely. Big Red is bubblegum flavored soda. Mike, do you know what drink does not go well with pizza? Bubblegum soda. Bubblegum soda. Mike, this man brought two bottles of soda to this potluck, and they were both bubblegum flavored. God. Hey, hey, you know what would go perfect with this bread and tomato sauce and cheese and meat? Some fucking bubblegum soda. Wash it down with some bubblegum. Now, I've been to potlucks where it's very obvious that the person that signed up for drinks just grabbed whatever they had in the fridge. I remember a, a girl brought in a single bottle of pineapple soda once, and she admitted it. She's like, oh yeah, I totally spaced on this thing. I forgot, and I just grabbed whatever I had. But the rules aren't complicated, people. There's pretty much two safe bets when it comes to soda at a potluck. Coke and Sprite, or cola and citrus, you know? You gotta, you gotta hit those two. Once you've covered those bases, maybe a diet version of those bases as well, 
then it is okay to step into the, the fringes of the soda world. But nowhere in your little bag of tricks should there be bubblegum flavored soda at a potluck. You know, it blows me away that this is something people actually drink for fun. You know, I know that this good this dude didn't just randomly decide to bring bubblegum soda to the potluck. He wasn't perusing through the store. That is something in his regular grocery list. And I thought about this at the time. I'm like, this motherfucker drinks bubblegum soda for fun. You know, I, I, I got a steak in the fridge. Maybe I should uh, wash it down with a nice warm glass of bubblegum flavored soda. So this week's tip of the week is don't bring bubblegum flavored soda to a potluck or, you know, anywhere. Anywhere. Don't bring bubblegum soda anywhere. God. Okay, uh, let's move on to a little thing we like to call Video Game Corner. Sony is threatening to raise the price of the PlayStation 4 in the U.S. if Trump's trade tariffs on electronics made in China actually go through. So uh, this is actually a very Trump-heavy episode, I guess. That wasn't intentional, but that's what it is. So buckle up. Uh, this news comes from the Wall Street Journal, but since I am not about to subscribe to the Wall Street Journal, I'm getting this news from GameStop.com, who got it from the Wall Street Journal. I assume that they have a subscription. So big preps to GameSpot.com. So uh, if you're not following this story... Trump said that he wants to increase uh, tariffs on electronics made in China from 10% to 25%. So uh, Sony's chief financial officer, Hiroki Totoki, that's a fun name, Hiroki Totoki said that they've got to raise the price of the PS4 in America if Mr. Trump gets his way. He said something along the lines of, look, you know, most of the parts in the PS4 are made in China, bro. We got to charge you more if you are going to charge us more. It's simple economics. Now, one of the reasons Trump says that he wants to bring tariffs down on China is so that he can bring manufacturing jobs to, back to America. Back to America. Because we've outsourced so many of our jobs to China and Taiwan and India and Bangladesh. So uh, I support bringing jobs back to America. I do. I do. I don't think that raising the cost on Chinese electronics and they end up raising the price back on us, I don't think that's going to achieve this goal by any means. But I do like jobs in America. Anyway, uh, the other guys don't like this news either. Last month, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, they all got together to release a joint statement last month saying, yo, don't do it, Donnie J. Don't do it. We have big plans this Christmas. We want to sell more consoles than ever. And if you do this, we're going to end up raising prices or we're going to end up losing major profits. But uh, Nintendo and Microsoft are already planning to move some of their production outside of China. They're not planning to wait for Trump on this. So they're planning to move some of their production outside of China. Not to America. Not to America. That's what Trump wants. But why would Nintendo and uh, Microsoft move it to America? Microsoft, you know, there's more of an argument for Microsoft to move it to America because they're an American company. But it's kind of crazy to expect a Japanese company to uh, bring their production to a country that's not theirs. I mean, they're doing it in China, but China's the cheapest. China's the cheapest. That's why we do it. I think we should bring production to our own countries, but you can't really expect another country to bring production to your country. I don't know. I, I'm talking a little bit out of my 
my uh what's the word for ass i'm talking a little bit out of that but i i just think that right now in this present state of mind uh, the night before this goes up i just don't think it's reasonable to expect japan to to bring their manufacturing plants to america much like brazil again uh more ass talking coming at you live here but brazil from what i recollect has a similar practice where they have crazy high tariffs on electronics that weren't made in Brazil. So consoles and video games cost a lot more. I'm talking hundreds of dollars more in Brazil than they do in any other country in the world. Because much like what uh, Trump is saying, he wants uh, the, the, the presidents and uh, rulers of Brazil want production in Brazil. But do you think any uh, console manufacturer is going to say, oh, yeah, 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 we're going we're gonna to move our, our manufacturing plants to Brazil? Again, talking straight out of my ass. Straight out of my ass. But I'm assuming fractions or splinters of this are the truth. You know, I don't really like uh, splinters being associated with my ass. Anyway. Anyway. Sony knows that uh, uh, moving is always a pain in the ass. I don't know if you guys have ever moved. I've moved many times. Moving is always a pain in the ass. So Sony's just saying, fuck it. Uh, if you don't cancel these tariffs, we're just we're, we're not going to move. We're not going to go to Taiwan. We're just going to charge you more money, okay? We have our factories established. We like living where we live. We like China. We're a Japanese country, but we really like China. So, you know, we're just going to charge you more. We are the console leader this generation, so we're just going to charge you more. How about them apples? Whew. Anyway, let's get back to this uh, Trump racism thing. Uh, Mike, you voted for Trump, right? I did not. Do you think he is the least racist person on earth? No. Well, something doesn't add up here. Because Trump just said that he was the least racist person on earth, Mike. Now, I did a quick Google search to see how many babies there are on earth. And according to the very first result on Google, the United Nations says that 130 million babies are born every single year. Approximately, right? And Trump is less racist than all 130 million babies born every single year. See, Trump can spot a racist baby from across the room. Boom, racist baby. Boom, racist baby. Believe me. Now, Trump gets along with Conman, for gosh sakes, so I think it's obvious that he knows what he's talking about here, right? Right? Now, you show me a baby that claims to be less racist than Donald Trump, and I'll show you a tiny little liar. Okay? Okay. Anyway, let's move on to a little thing we like to call the news. Great news for fans of the Twilight movies. The house that Bella Swan once lived in is now available to rent on Airbnb. Uh, I looked it up. The, I, I thought that Twilight was the name of Kristen Stewart's character in Twilight, but it's actually Bella Swan. don't know if you know this, Mike, but it's Bella Swan, which literally translates to beautiful swan. I don't, I don't think Stephanie Meyer was too shy about symbolism in these books. Call me crazy. Uh, so this house costs uh, $330 to $440 to rent per night, but you have to stay there for at least two nights or more. So uh, if you're planning on uh, living out your teenage fantasy of just telling your dad that he just doesn't understand in the same spot that Twilight Stewart said it, 
you're going to be forking over close to a thousand bucks for the privilege, buddy. Mike, uh, does Kristen Stewart yell at her dad in these movies? I, I haven't seen them. I, I've reviewed at least one of them, but I haven't seen them. I also, uh, I did the math on this, and if you stayed there for the minimum rate of $330, even though I think the rate probably fluctuates much like it does on Airbnb, so weekends probably cost more, holidays probably cost more, that sort of thing, but if you stay there for the minimum rate of $330 per night, and you wanted to stay there for a month, a month of twilighting, you would be spending about 10 grand, 10 large, and I have a feeling that that's probably not even possible probably not even possible the rate probably fluctuates too much you'd probably be spending closer to 15 that's just me talking straight out of that splinter ass anyway i you know i don't like that phrase uh anyway 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 i think 10 grand is pretty much worth it 10 grand even if you don't get to spend the whole month there 10 grand what's a measly 10 grand to say that you spent the night where twilight did i read a few months back that you could also uh now spend the night in the bus that the Spice Girls had in their movie Spice World. That's also on Airbnb, apparently. When I worked in Vegas, uh, people would call in all the time to ask about renting the room from the movie The Hangover. And to all the drunk assholes that are demanding that room every single night, listen up. It doesn't exist. It is a culmination of many rooms. It's Hollywood. It's not real. It doesn't exist, okay? Go spend that money on a Bible or something, you prick. Speaking of drunk assholes, uh, real quick, I, I remember I got a call once from this woman when I worked in Vegas, and she said that she was, she was requesting a, a cot, you know, a, a rollaway bed for her room. It was her wedding night, and she was requesting a rollaway bed. And that was because her drunk uncle, her drunkle, got too drunk, right? And she was wanting, well, at first she was wanting another room, but we didn't have any more rooms in the end. So she was asking for another bed in her room. So it would be her, her horny husband, and her drunk uncle. And she said the reason was because she didn't want to send him in a cab to his hotel room. And I'm just picturing that husband. <laughs> it's your wedding night. And your loving wife is doing her best to keep her uncle safe. Now, I love my family. I love my family. But if it's my wedding night and my uncle got blackout drunk, but he has a hotel somewhere else, I'm going to tell you, I'm rolling the dice. Uncle, I love you, but you got to get the hell out of here. You got to get the hell out of here. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I, I don't know. She, she, think about this. This is their story for the rest of their life. Oh yeah, it was me, my husband, just kind of uh, either silently doing things to each other or just, you know, not. Not. Because my uncle's there. And the uncle will always remember being that asshole that spent the night of their marriage with them in the room. Anyway. Anyway, we got to settle this once and for all. Uh, is Trump the least racist person on earth? Now, I think you're going to confuse yourself if you if you start getting bogged down by the things that Trump says out loud. You, you have to look into his heart to see how not racist he is. The fact is that Donald Trump is the president of the United States of America. And as our president, 
we should be showing him the same amount of respect he showed the previous president, Barack Obama. Which means we have to believe everything he says at face value, even when he contradicts himself in the next sentence or the very same sentence. We have to adjust our beliefs as we go, people. We might have to change what we believe multiple times, even while he's answering a question. But by the end of that answer, we will know what to believe. And in this case, I think it's clear that Trump is the least racist person there is in the world. That's what he said. That's what he said. If he goes on to say that he is the most racist person in the world, that's where we land. But right now, he says he's the least racist person. And who else to believe but Trump? Don't let the facts confuse you, people. Okay? Let's move on to a little thing we like to call listener questions. We should really get a theme for listener questions because I really hype it up like there should be a theme. But we have a lot of great questions for y'all. And don't forget, let me just say this right from the jump. You guys can ask us questions every, every week. We uh, do a feeler for questions, and we like them. We like when you ask questions because we get to answer them, and we like to get you involved in the show. Tell your friends about it. Oh, my gosh. Tell your freaking friends. Anyway, we, we, we got some good questions. Uh, first question comes from our man Devin. Devin says, why haven't you advertised Chris to Chris with a freeway billboard? Man, a lot of deep cuts on this. First of all, great question, Devin. Billboards, I think, I personally think that billboards can be wonderful. Some of my favorite art of all time comes from billboards. Now, I, I think that advertising this show, Chris to Chris on a billboard, is personally a wonderful idea. So uh, because of this question, I decided to look into it, try to look at prices. This is something I've actually thought about multiple times now. Now, locally, it's a little pricey, but not quite as pricey as I expected. Locally, it would cost about $1,500 to $5,000 to rent a billboard for about a month. But then I thought, the people who probably listen to the most podcasts are not local. They're most likely in the Bay Area where uh, Silicon Valley is. That's where podcasts are, are just the most popular thing because everybody takes the train to work and uh, you have nothing better to do. Listen to a podcast, play your Switch, whatever. So maybe I'll rent out a billboard in uh, San Francisco or Oakland or San Jose, Palo Alto. They're very expensive out there. Very expensive out there. So, like I said, it's about $1,500 to $5,000 locally. Out there, shit gets uh, pretty expensive. I think it's Sunset Boulevard. It's like up to twenty-five grand. That's down here back in Southern California. Am I losing you here? Am I jumping to too many different Californian cities? I don't know how much they are in New York. I don't know how much they are in the city that you live in. But let me know if your city is worth advertising in. I will, again, I want to get complete saturation of the market. I want 8 billion people listening to the show, even though there are not currently 8 billion people. So we might have to get 7 billion people now and about 1 billion animals listening. I think dogs are pretty good listeners. Mike, do you like pho? That's in San Francisco, right? Jeez. Okay, I, I'm uh, going all into the weeds here. Ken asks, who is your favorite hero? Well... I thought about this, Ken. Who is my hero? Is it my dad? Is it Tom Hanks from the movie Apollo 13? Is it Batman from the movie Batman? And I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I'm pretty sure that my hero is Scrooge McDuck. See, Scrooge McDuck taught me that life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. See, he was the richest duck I had ever seen. Actually, he's the richest duck that I still have ever seen. Nobody has ever gotten richer 
than Scrooge McDuck in uh, uh, rich duck terms. Am I am I making sense? He, Scrooge, my point is Scrooge McDuck had a pool full of golden coins. Golden coins. He would dive straight into a pool full of golden coins. And then I found out that you would actually die if you tried to attempt this. If you tried to dive into a pool full of metal coins. I'm like, don't try it. Don't try it. You will just splat. It will be gold and blood. Don't do it. But Scrooge McDuck not only had a pool full of golden coins, he would go on a big grand adventures with his nephews, Stewie, Huey, and Louie. I think those are their names. I know they all rhyme with a ooey. So he would go on these big grand adventures. Uh, Mike, just in the intro, these guys go to a castle. Then they're in a submarine getting chased by a shark. And then a dragon chases them. And then they're in Egypt getting chased by a mummy. And then Scrooge is hanging on for his life like he's Frodo and Lord of the Smeagol. And after that, these robot construction workers are high-fiving. And then Scrooge is getting robbed in space. And then Scrooge starts to fight over a magic lamp with his old doppelganger Scrooge McDuck. What was the question? What was the question? Oh, uh, oh yeah, uh, Scrooge McDuck is my hero, Ken. Thanks for the question. Yilly asks, will there ever be a Chris to Chris meet and greet? That's a great question. Um, I was thinking uh, about doing a meet and greet just the other day. I, I was suggesting that maybe we should do a, a meet and greet at uh, Skid Row next month, but Mike said it was a bad idea for some reason. But I, I think a meet and greet is a good idea either way, despite what Mike says. Mike, uh, look up uh, VIP tickets for Taylor Swift, please. I, be, I bet she has a, a, a meet and greet, right? You could probably pay your way to meet uh, Taylor Swift. We could probably uh, pay for some VIP tickets and then push our way into her meet and greet somehow, you know? It's Taylor Swift and Chris to Chris. You know, I bet we could trick some of her fans to listening to Chris to Chris before they kick us out. I think there's uh, some very good potential crossover there. People that... Uh, like uh, T-Swift songs will probably love this show. I think it'd be fun uh, uh, to do a meet and greet with people that also don't want to go to a Taylor Swift concert. I'm not one of the people that are very interested in going to a Taylor Swift concert, so maybe we can just get Mike to go and field the questions. I I'm sure he would do a great job. We should figure that out, Mike. Devin asks, does anyone in Earth prefer cheese nips to cheese its Hell no. Hell no. Do you guys remember uh, a little thing uh, called the 90s? You guys might remember the 90s and early 2000s probably too. Uh, in the 90s, there was these commercials for this, this, this product called Cheese Nips. And in the commercials, they would proudly boast that some, I don't know, they would quote this survey. This survey, this bullshit survey that said people prefer cheese nips to cheese its. Most people prefer cheese nips to cheese its. Lies. Complete fabrication. Complete lies. Complete bullshit. Bullshit. I have never met a single person that prefers cheese nips to cheese its. And the last time I looked this up, because I, I this was on my head a, a, maybe a year or two ago, and I think I looked this up, and I don't think cheese nips are even a thing anymore. So clearly, nobody preferred cheese nips to cheese its I think, it, who, who made cheese nips? Mike, was it Nabisco? They were lying. They were lying. Nobody liked cheese nips. Nobody. Not a single damn person liked 
cheese nips. If you like cheese nips, let me know in the comments section because I'm interested to see how you could say that with a straight face. Ken asks, is Mike aggressively competent in anything? Great question, Ken. Mike is aggressively competent at never being happy about a damn thing. Isn't that right, you sad, pathetic little man? I'm sorry, Mike. Uh, I'm sorry, dude. That, that was pretty harsh. That was pretty harsh. You didn't say anything this week to really earn that. Yuli asks, how does Pinocchio's nose grow? Okay, so I, I looked into this, and I think I have an answer. Pinocchio was made of wood, right? And I looked up what kind of wood Pinocchio was made from. See, it turns out he was made from a wood called Pinolo, which is a common pine wood. And the Disney movie, the cartoon, said that he was made from oak, but it's all bullshit. Pinocchio literally means like pine nut, according to the good folks at Wikipedia. And it turns out that the story of Pinocchio takes place in Italy, around the, the Tuscany area. And if you look on a map... Tuscany is near the ocean, which is how I assume Pinocchio ended up in a whale, right? So I, I pulled up the weather for Tuscany on the day this episode airs, and it's supposed to be 91 degrees Fahrenheit with 44% humidity. That's important. Pine wood expands when it's hot and wet. So it's safe to assume that with Pinocchio's humid location, his nose was probably growing all the time. And he was a compulsive liar, which is why we believed his lies caused his nose to grow for so many years. Great question. Great question. wonder where you got that. Uh, Devin asks, would you instinctually eat wet concrete if you couldn't smell it? This is the second time you've asked uh, about wet concrete. I think at this point, I would take a bite just for you, dude. I would take a bite of wet concrete just for you. I, I, I could see the appeal. It, it just seems kind of like a a Reese's cake or something. It just seems like very biteable. And I feel like I've kind of already done this at the dentist. You know, anytime they've had to take a mold, it feels kind of like taking a bite of wet concrete. Mike, uh, remind me to talk about the dentist one of these days. I've got a lot of untapped bitching potential there. I've got a lot of uh, soapboxing to do there. Ken asks, if I made a game that you could only win by paying me gobs of cash, would you be willing to give it a positive review? Well, to answer your question, I would give it a positive review, but only if you paid me gobs of cash. I, I refuse to sacrifice my morals for anything less than uh, four figures, and as the show gets more popular, that uh, number of figures will grow. Devin asks, did you ever play Bully? I checked into this. I, I have 342 games in my Steam library on my uh, computer right now. And I counted, and I couldn't believe it, but 73 of them are currently installed, and Bully is one of them. The good news is that I have played Bully. The bad news is that apparently I played it for only about 21 minutes, and I haven't touched it since uh, January 30th, 2018. But I remember, it's not because it's a bad game. I, I was having controller issues at the time, and I forgot to just get back into it. It's on my to-do list, but I have clearly a, a lot of shit to play. A lot to play. Right now I'm uh, playing through Doom 2016. I have it on three freaking systems. I have it on the PlayStation, the Switch, and uh, now the PC. And Doom is just a really good game. Okay, that's all I have to say about it. I, I tend to gravitate towards the simple, good games. Ken asks... When will Chris to Chris the board game be available? Do you guys remember the show uh, Home Improvement? 
there's an episode that's uh, with Tim Allen, the 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 Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story. So on Home Improvement, there's a, a show within the show called Tool Time, and there's Tim Allen and his co-host Al Al Borland. And there's an episode where Al makes a board game about the show they star in, Tool Time, Tool Time the board game, and. He he makes no attempt to get the clearance from the uh, show producers to to they don't say oh yeah it's okay to make a board game with our name on it and he puts people's faces into it he's making money off of other people's hard work and then the show or the board game starts to catch on fire and this idiot says on the commercial you know if you don't if you're not satisfied with the tool time board game I will give you double your money back which is never a good idea to say even if people really love the game and it doesn't catch on fire because if you're offering people double their money back you're pretty much offering people a, a way to make money right you could just order a bunch of board games and say i'm not satisfied i'm not satisfied i'm not satisfied you need to pay me double my money back Jeez, you don't even need a job anymore al you don't even need a job you screwed up so uh yes i i think uh the chris to chris board game will be available uh maybe within the next few years uh, i probably go the the kickstarter route much like the uh cyanide and happiness guys they they've now made two card games or the, the second one's on the way uh, which is i think uh death by trolley looks kind of fun and then their other one which is uh joking hazard we have that it's kind of like uh uh you know the other card game <laughs> cards against humanity but with pictures anyway yeah, I think we'll do a, a car or a, a board game one of these days through Kickstarter. We just need it. I think maybe we should get a couple million people listening to the show, and maybe that'd be a, a more viable idea. So, you know, if you guys just want to promote the show, that'd be much appreciated. Devin asks, what do you think of Glass? Great question, Devin. I, I have not seen the movie Glass, which I assume you're talking about the movie Glass. I, I've seen uh, Unbreakable, which is, a, I think, a pretty good movie. And then I've seen Split which, uh, semi-spoilers, turns out to be a semi-sequel. It takes place in the same universe as Unbreakable. But I haven't seen Glass, which is a sequel to both movies. And I have not heard good things about Glass. I've heard it's off the rails. I want to see it. It's a M. Night Shyamalama ding-dong movie. So it's on my list. But I have not seen Glass. So my thoughts on Glass are very abstract, you know? My thoughts on Glass are stained, if you will. We'll see. Maybe we'll get back to this after I've seen the movie Glass. Ken asks, what do you think of plexiglass? Oh, I see where this is going. Well, I, I'm imagining now a, a much less interesting movie than the one I just described. But as far as the material itself is concerned, plexi, plexiglass. Why is that word so hard to say? Plexiglass. I think plexiglass is probably probably one of my favorite glasses, you know, at least for picture frames. But I also know very little about glass. It's melted sand, right? That's pretty much the idea of glass. I like Gorilla Glass when it works. I had a, a phone. You know, maybe we'll save that story for another day, but I had a phone. I have a phone story where I cracked the glass. Mike, remind me to talk about phone glass one of these days. Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, Yilly asks, what do you think of glass blowers? Mmm, that's a great question. Actually, before last few weeks, I didn't think about glass blowers much at all. But... There's a Netflix show now called, I think, Blown Away. Blown Away. I watched it with my wife. I'm, I am I typically don't watch uh, reality shows at all. But when I do, it's usually either like Shark Tank or some sort of competition. Like uh, something where people are creating something. I could watch Blown Away with my wife. I could watch Chopped with my wife. 
but I have, I have zero interest in watching uh, something like uh, The Amazing Racer or Biggest Loser. Don't care. Don't care. Bachelor, don't care. But I was watching a show where they create stuff, Blown Away, and it's it's a show about glass blowers. It's kind of like Chopped, but glass blowers. And I think blowing glass is pretty cool. Now I do. Didn't know too much about it before, but it's a, it's an art form for sure. Uh, as far as the show is concerned, I'm not a big fan of the judge. She seems like a bad choice for a judge. She's uh, very much the stereotypical art snob that really shouldn't be a judge. Uh, of you know, she she has a hard time being impartial. She she has a very distinct distaste for certain types of art which I think is uh, a bad quality to have in an impartial judge. So I don't really like her. I'd be happy for her to leave the show. But I do want her listening to this show. So, you know, if you're listening to this show right now, Blown Away Judge, it's nothing personal. I just don't want you hosting that show. Maybe you can host a show where uh, the goal is to be a douche. Anyway, I I, I, I like glass blowers. <laughs> <laughs> I like glass blowers, I guess. You know what? Uh, we're running a little long in the tooth. We're running a little long in the tooth. Guys, thanks for these questions. These were fantastic questions this week. I, I, I had a lot of fun answering these. And if you guys want to ask us any questions, we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. All at Up and Loaded. U-P-N-L-O-A-D-E-D. We're also on our website, uploaded.com, where you can ask questions there, too. You can comment on every single podcast episode. You can comment on anything. You can like anything. You could share anything. We would appreciate anything you did to help this show grow. Jeez, we would appreciate that. Speaking of appreciation, uh, we have some poll results for you. Last week we asked on our uh, Facebook page, what is your favorite word? 25% of you said that your favorite word was the word word. And 75% of you said that your favorite word was the word moist. 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 This week's poll asks, what do you think about bubblegum soda? Don't forget to uh, vote. And you can share that poll on your Facebook page. We will get the results. It's the wonders of technology, like I keep saying. Don't forget to subscribe to this show. We're on Everywhere Podcasts. are sold for free, like I said before. Guys, I had a lot of fun with this episode, and I hope you did too. Please continue to listen. Continue to talk about it. Continue to live your best lives. And blah, 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 blah. This has been episode 44 of Chris to Chris. Do me a favor and enjoy your weekend or else. Yeah.